After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Did I tell you AD stayed here last week? I need a Franco stayed here. No, Anthony Davis. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Also joining us, a very hairy cat named Bingo with Aww, a giant tail. He's sitting. such a cutie. Anyway, um, we're not here to talk about Bingo. We are here to talk about TV commercials. In fact, you put together today's show, Veeves. What's coming up? I saw an ad for Lay's Potato Chips that made me realize that there's a genre of ads out there that's sort of hard to define, but I would say is characterized by sort of an alternate universe um, taking place uh, like inside the ad, right? So like the characters experience some kind of alternate reality or another dimension or some kind of fantastical or surreal reality. So. Kind of a big umbrella, but I'm gonna we're gonna look at ads that have have that characteristic to them. Do you think that is the result of the era we just lived through? I heard that there was a lot of like um, kind of in pop culture, a lot of fantasy, a lot of escapism, a lot of we just want our entertainment to take us far away. I mean, it's tempting to like tie tie this to some kind of you know broader zeitgeist but also one of the many of these ads are not current and one of mm. them comes all the way back from 2014 and is a reference to the matrix so oh, okay. we've been wanting to escape for a long time everything was great in 2014 right oh i mean perfect as yeah. far as i recall okay, yeah good um, i actually don't remember was it bad in 2014 well uh let's see a man named barack hussein was president <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me yeah right um, all right, so that's what's coming up. Uh, I'm, I'm One of just... a, a podcast that I listen to uh, always refers to him as Barack Hussein Obama, and uh-huh. then always one of the, and then one of the hosts always says, "I say it because it matters." Yes, like always follows it up. With that's that. what are you talking about, Luke? Because Luke says that all the time. Oh no, I wasn't talking. Maybe... I wasn't talking about that podcast. Oh yeah, no, I was Luke... talking about my Luke... brother, my brother, and me. Oh really? Because Luke do doesn't listen to that show, but he always says that. Well, like he I doesn't mean, come up that I... much anymore, but he used to always say it. I use it because it matters. I mean, I think that everybody is quoting some right wing, some lunatic who said it. You know, some idiot congressperson or something who said it. Um, so I think it's a reference to something, and I don't remember what it is exactly. But yeah, clearly it got into uh, like liberal podcasters' uh, monkey brains for sure. Um, I sorry I'm distracted. This is not important to the listener, but <laughs> half of our show sheet just got deleted, and I, I can't. I'm trying to undo it, but what I happened? can't. But did we? Are we missing anything here? What else is coming up today in the show? Ad council. Um, ad council is coming up, but before ad council is Aviv's takeover. Oh. Because I have a new greatest love, and it is a series. It's, nope, not even close. Uh, it was, oh. a, it's a series of ads for Hotels.com, once of Captain Obvious, the Captain Obvious Ugh. campaign. Well, peace out, Captain Obvious. Well, I'm sorry, do what, Captain Obvious? You heard me. Everyone heard me. Hmm. Um, they heard me in Idaho. 
They've got a new campaign that they're used uh, with uh, Sam Richardson, one of our favorites, and Ike uh, Baron. Love and Sam Ike Barinholtz, who is also one of my Who's my. Who's that? Well, I know him from New Girl. Or sorry, New Girl. I know him from the Mindy Project. Oh, okay. And you know him from Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, okay. Um, so he's great. I probably have heard his voice a million times, but I can't yeah, we've quite... been, when we've listened to Comedy Bang Bang, I keep telling you like, that's the guy. Oh, that's okay. the guy. Gotcha. Um, anyway, he's so funny. He's they're both terrific, and they have a, a really funny campaign that they're doing for hotels.com that i i'm just i'm i'm doing a views takeover just to play all of the ads for that okay. campaign nice well that gets me off the hook for uh <laughs> with love from me to youtube so we'll put that on ice until next week and then also i saw that one of our i don't like to go deep on the april fool's day stuff i don't no. care for it very much especially when brands do it but it sounds like we got a email from a listener who was a little taken? Am I right about that? I haven't I mean, dug the, into this yet. I'm not sure how seriously to take this listener, but it was it was a good enough joke and a funny enough joke. Um, but it was both funny and also like on that on that cusp of being like kind of believable mm -hmm. for just a second until mm -hmm. they you know get until it gets more ridiculous. That I thought like we're not going to do a whole show about April Fools. I don't think ever, but. Uh, or maybe we've already done one and I've forgotten. But I don't I don't think that's really in our wheelhouse. But I thought this ad was good enough that it was worth just like a tip of the cap to April Fool's. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, first, though, let's uh, escape reality. Dreams are my reality. The only kind of real fantasy. Illusions are a really nice that almost has like george harrison-y kind of guitar behind it doesn't big time it? yeah uh hmm. very very like latter little beatlesy george yeah. harrison-y but it's richard sanderson is the artist there didn't he didn't write it though i think some french dude wrote it the french um <laughs> yes i mean what about them they're they, good songwriters they exist <laughs> they live in france <laughs> I thought you, you heard it here first okay i'm not gonna get into I'm, hey rank your favorite cultures from least favorite to favorite. Yeah, no downside there. Yeah. <laughs> or we could talk about commercials. What do you have up first? <laughs> Let's talk about commercials. Let's talk about this Lay's uh, potato chip ad that I that kind of got me off on this kick. Um, this premise is that uh, you have a woman who's like sort of a a spokesperson for for Lay's, and she's standing. This would actually have been a great for your map show, but we missed it. Oh. Um, she's standing in front of a tabletop map of the United States, and she's sticking little um, flags on toothpicks mm -hmm. all over this big white America shape um, to show the like all the places that Lay's has potato farmers mm -hmm. doing potato farming for them. Like it might even seem like the map is made of something like styrofoam or yeah, something. Yeah, and so the little little toothpicks go neatly into this white map. Mm -hmm. As she's doing that, we kind of like shift perspective into um, an, a, a, what to me is like an alternate reality where the map itself is the reality for the farmers who are who she's mm -hmm. talking about. And so we, we cut to a farmer who's standing in, uh, in, at, on his farmstead talking to his kids and telling them, watch out, kids, that basically they're putting a giant toothpick in our field because they're making uh, another Lay's, Lay's ad. You know what it is. What? 
It's Beetlejuicy. It's Beetlejuicy, exactly right. So he's yes. kind of living in the scale model. He's sort of, living only in the model. Less literal. Yeah, than exactly. Kind of. Okay. All right. Well, here, let's take a listen to this. I have not seen this. Lays are made from real potatoes from over 100 farms across America. There's one here, here, and here. Uh oh, now we see the farm and a giant toothpick flag coming down from Stay the sky. Stay back, kids. We're doing another map commercial for Lays. <laughs> can't seem to get this one to stick. <laughs> As she's trying to jam Never it into, day on the farm. into the map, we see from the farmer's perspective that she's hitting his tractor, uh, and that's why it won't stick into the ground. That is interesting. You know, that's also could have fit into the postmodern show. Everything Except is... we did that show so long ago now that it's anything but modern, <laughs> and that commercial didn't exist at the time. Um. Yeah, I I like that one. I thought it. It. I forget where I saw it, but I definitely saw it in the wild, and it caught my attention. I like the farmer's performance. Um. I like the idea of it. I did sort of forget that it was for potato chips, so I think that might be like uh, yeah. kind of one downside. I think the farmer might be eating potato chips to he try is. to get that across, but they they sort of I think uh it sort of forgoes the like. With food, especially with potato chips, like a snack food, like there are a lot of ways to make that a visceral, you know, like yummy, craveable experience. Mm-hmm. It's the same problem I have with the M and M's campaign, which is it's like they're so hung up on this dumb story about mm-hmm. these characters that they've totally forgotten that like eating a handful of M and M's is like a sensory experience. And you you're know? saying it's kind of a waste and to yes, point out the you farm. You do have to eat them by the handful. <laughs> and you're saying like trying to advertise a, like a a farm to chip bag approach is not exactly why people are buying the the lays. I get the I get the motivation, right? Like they're a mass produced food. They're trying to you know fight the conception. I I don't I almost said misconception, but I I don't think it probably is one that they're you know just a factory that there's just a factory farming operation to you know turn potatoes into childhood obesity you know like and I, I think like I can understand trying to like humanize the farmers and the make it more wholesome but at the end of the day that's like nice to that's a nice to have it's like good to, it's good to it's good to know that or it's nice to think that but it doesn't really change why somebody, I think, buys or eats potato chips. But maybe I'm wrong. You mentioned childhood obesity. Do you think many kids like plain Lay's? I Who think that, doesn't? Well, I mean, they're pretty good. But I think kids today, you know, they like their... their it's not uh, flavor blasted It's enough. not flavor blasted enough. You'd That's think that they would want their, you know, flaming Hot Cheetos and flaming Hot Doritos and flaming Hot everything. Is this flaming Hot everything? Yeah, I mean, are Lay's not flaming, flaming hot, hot enough? Flaming I don't know. Onions. Flamin' Hot Funyuns. Kids love Flamin' Hot I Funyuns. I think that that's a real thing, by the way. Flamin' Hot Funyuns. Wouldn't I think shock I've me in the, the slightest. Yeah. Parents, let me know. Are your kids too fancy for just a plain old Lay's potato chip or a regular old unflavor blasted potato chip? Nobody is. I mean, I've never been. I mean, I've been to, I don't go to a ton of parties with lots of kids, but I've definitely been at social gatherings with children. And I don't think the children are like, eschewing the bowl of plain potato chips. Sure, I mean, if there's nothing else, but if there's that or something flavored, I think they are. Mm. I think of a plain Lay's as a more adult chip. It's a real adult chip. It's a real adult chip. <laughs> I used to dip mine in ketchup when I was a kid. That seems like, looking back, that's, I'm just remembering that now. I don't yeah. know if I 
have even thought of that in the past 30 years. I've done but I ketchup remember in a, with a chip. With a, because it was like French fries. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just a potato and yeah. a, but ketchup is a, just a, a sauce. I guess that is why ketchup has such a bad reputation. That's another thing people are like, only kids eat ketchup. You ever meet those adults who think like ketchup is for babies? I guess that's why, because when you're kids, you dip everything in ketchup. Yeah, ketchup is so sweet and it doesn't have a very challenging flavor. So it's not like, you know, artichoke jalapeno dip or something mm-hmm. where it's going to be like unfamiliar flavors to a kid. It's mm-hmm. it's so familiar because it's on every hamburger and hot dog. Yeah. Okay. What is this next commercial that you have? And is our former landlord in this? Oh, um, I don't think so. Okay. I saw somebody in the background when I was pausing it before. I have not I mean, seen this possible. commercial. I mean, it's possible. He did do a lot of He does I'll do a lot of commercials. I'll zoom in. Our LA, he was actually our property manager, yeah. I should say. He didn't own the property. You know, I didn't notice it, but it wouldn't shock me at all to, to realize that he is. Um, you know, we, this last one was about like a, a tiny farm or like a, I don't know what's tiny. Is the is the map huge and the farm's regular or is the map regular and the farm's tiny? Anyway. This has sort of a related concept, and I think it made me, the Lay's commercial made me think of this campaign. Canada Dry, a few years back, did this campaign where people would reach into a cooler or a refrigerator to get a Canada Dry ginger ale, and they would tug on the bottle, but then the bottle would like connect them to another world, the world of the ginger farm, where all the ginger is being grown. It's a very similar premise or, or, mm. or, or pitch, right? That like I don't remember this. Um, that like, yeah, ginger, it's, it's a sugary soft drink that comes from a factory. But don't forget, it's made on the farm. Uh, the ginger farm. Uh, the ginger farm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing it also did teach me is what ginger looks like when it grows, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. I don't know either. It's a, well, it's a it looks root, like, It looks like right? corn. Really? I mean, you, I mean the root, And we're just eating the stuff that's in the dirt. We're eating the stuff in the dirt. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we have a woman here, this first one, she's at a like an outdoor barbecue or something, reaches into the cooler full of ice and ginger ale, um, and then tries to pull the bottle out but gets stuck. Oh, it's funny. There's a sign here that even says ginger farm. Right. I just said in that's... case you were thinking, <laughs> thinking it was a cornfield. So this... I see. So we're seeing it. We start from the 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 farmer's perspective. Yeah, I forgot that's where it starts. So it starts on the farm, and we just see a ginger farmer, a young, uh, handsome, yeah, ginger farmer, as I'm sure they all are. And suddenly, he, yeah, he's very like he's kind of very. Um, he's one of those very like, hipstery. What's that kind hipster of, farm yeah. farming trend? Um, but his his plants, his ginger plants, are being sucked into the ground. So clearly, I think the reveal is going to be that this woman is at a party somewhere, and she's or they are grabbing the, the cans of right. the ginger ale, and the plants are disappearing through reality. Wow, he's hot. Yeah, Jesus. he's he's super hot. He's trying to catch his ginger before it goes. She pulls and pulls. They're pulling. They're pulling. Oh, they're playing like a tug of war she, d- between dimensions. Between dimensions. And she pulls him all the way out of the cooler oh, into the barbecue. Oh, now I see why he's so hot. This is the. This is a meat cute. Yes. This is a meat cute to oh, defeat it, all meat It's going to be confusing. Cute. How did you meet? Well, I pulled him in from another dimension. Hello, sir. 
for a refreshingly real ginger taste, grab a can of So then he just drink. joins the party. He yeah. just joins the outdoor he's summer party. Quite relaxed about this situation. Yeah, he's pretty Oh, <laughs> there's a there's a good little visual joke at the end too. Now another another young woman goes up to the cooler <laughs> and she's like pulling in all, all the ginger ale trying bottles. Trying to find a hot farmer. <laughs> trying to like pluck them, trying to get her hot farmer. Farmer wants a wife. Yeah, farmer. <laughs> farmer got a wife. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. So there's one more in this campaign. This time we're on the farm or um, I don't know if we start at the party or we start if, if we start in real life or we start on the farm. It looks like we so yeah, we start in a woman's kitchen. this Yeah. Time, so like she so. she opens her refrigerator. She's trying to pull a bottle of uh, Canada Dry out of her refrigerator. This time she, hot farmer pulls her into his farm. And now there's like all these hot young people just relaxing on the farm where I guess they got. Is it the same hot farmer? He looks very familiar. I think it's the same hot farmer. Wow. Yeah, he's going around getting all the ladies. He can get it. Um, and they're just like, now they're having a cool hang on the f- on the ginger farm. They're playing tug of war through dimensions. She gets pulled through the refrigerator. Yep. Now she's on the farm. Oh, yeah, there pe- people are playing guitar. People are making some sort of a ice sculpture or maybe it's a clay sculpture maybe it's a ginger Find sculpture to relaxation with the crisp soothing taste of real ginger and bubbles this makes farm life look very relaxing they're all just sitting in easy chairs out in the ginger field exactly when are you gonna work although he was trying to pull his ginger so i guess don't pull your ginger <laughs> you'll go blind um i am thirsty you'll get sucked into another dimension i am now thirsty for um ginger ale Okay, so, so it, it did its job. Yeah, but also this is the time of day. It's when you're a little thirsty bit late. For ginger ale? And like, is I it ginger into, ale o'clock? I got into a little bit of a habit. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but uh, trying to boost myself, boost my energy levels before after these messages a little bit with like a, a late afternoon soda. Uh-huh. Remember, I was drinking. I was going to the AM, PM, and bringing home like grape sodas or whatever. I haven't done that in a while. But that commercial really makes me want to do it again. Yeah. Can well, we pause? I'll just go grab a quick ginger ale. <laughs> oh, I think it does a better job of making you crave a ginger ale than the Lay's commercial does making you crave a potato chip. That is true because there are these very um, scrumptious shots of them guzzling the ginger ale. Like just guzz the first big guzzle of an ice cold soda, knowing the burp that's coming after it, is just one of the great pleasures of life. Yeah, I would argue. Um, here's another one that, and I think we might've talked about this one. Um, but this is another one where someone's in one reality. They open a door, pass through a portal to a totally different reality. This is for Coors Light. Um, we have these very hardcore Mm -hmm. ice climbing mountaineer guys. I mean, they are, it's, this is like some intense mountaineering, Mm -hmm. right? They're ice, they've got their ice axes and then they like zip line across a giant chasm mm-hmm. which i don't know if that's a thing i mean is that a how did you even how did they get it the zip line up there i don't know ask buckaloo <laughs> it's a friend of ours but seems as, like something he would it do. seems like you know kind of like they're on you know I, I life or death everest type climbing and then they zip line across this um this valley only to crash into uh, a mountain side that has a door in it and they open the door and it's like a full-on club inside. An ice cube is wrapping. I remember this. As yeah. soon as you said this, I was like, oh, isn't Ice Cube? I couldn't remember if Ice Cube was bartending or Has performing. Has there ever been a, a product that was that for whom cold was a part of their brand that Ice Cube wasn't willing to shill for? Oh, I'm not sure. I thought you were going to say that another. Are there any, are there any oh, no, other? I'm thinking of iced tea. 
Ice T did the one about washing in cold. Like he did a, a laundry detergent that was like cold calling. Yeah, but Ice Cube I think is more connected to the iciness because Ice T you think of the beverage. Ice T the yeah. rapper and actor and actor was in that wonderful Geico or Progressive commercial where there was a lemonade stand that some kids were running <laughs> and people kept walking by saying, hey, that's iced tea, that's iced tea, but that's because iced tea was sitting next to the lemonade stand just said, off and camera And he says the it a very grouchy way, it's lemonade. <laughs> it's lemonade. That was one of the greatest commercials. That I was, loved that. that he was a he nailed guy. that line. Yeah, he really did. Ugh, makes me want to drink a ginger ale and watch that commercial. Makes me want to watch some Law and Order. <laughs> easily influenced right now. <laughs> if anybody wants to sell me anything right now, this moment is when to do it. Okay, so should we hit play on this Coors Light commercial? Sure. Oh, intensity. Oh, cliffhanger with Stallone. <laughs> they're literally tapping. Oh, yeah, they're tapping oh, the mountain. I didn't realize that. It's so oh, literally... I, I totally forgot what the plot of this was. Good job, Beavs. They tap, they go up, they climb up to tap to find a tap that they pour a cold beer into from inside the mountain, and then they zip line back to take it into the club. Okay, so I didn't remember that either. So th- these these mountain, these cliffhangers and zip liners <laughs> literally take a tap, like you'd see from a bar, from like you know getting a draft beer. They clamp it to the side of the mountain, then pour an ice cold beer out of it, but just one into right. a frozen glass, I believe, and then they zip line back with this beer to the club where Ice Cube is going to be performing. He likes it when you call him Ice Cube like that. <laughs> And apparently the reason they had to go out and get the beer was that the bartender like needed a couple more cans right. of um, of Coors Light. And then um, in the middle of his performance, Ice Cube looks at the guy at the mountain climber and is like, get me one of those too. So he goes back out. Mountain climber goes back out. But the mountain climber likes doing that. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. It, they really, it, he gets paid he and it satisfies his yeah. lust for thrills. What do you think the um, job interview is like for a job like that? Oh, man. I guess it's like... You talk about experience, obviously. Right. But you, also passion for the work. I think so. I, you really want good benefits with that one. Like, you want a good health plan, Yeah, I that, think. that is true. The insurance is going to be pretty high up yeah, there. Yeah, it's a lot of liability. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the mountain tap. Also play on words, huh? Mountain tap? Oh, like top? I thought so. Uh, yeah, okay. This show would be so much better if I had a ginger ale. You're sure that we can't just go get me one? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's your PowerPoint. I'm just drinking this water here, which is like ginger ale without the sweetness or well, the bubbles. Well, you should do what I did, which was I made some bubble water mm-hmm. with my soda stream. And then I put a little flavor in it. You know, it's interesting. I'm actually fine with my water, but it's interesting because we did make fun of... What was that commercial that we talked about recently that was for some sort of like water flavoring? Yeah. And it was just like somebody was like dying on a deserted island, dying on a raft or something. And he just passed up plain water until somebody gave him like the flavoring that he could put in. He's like, okay, now I'll drink the water. Right. Boy, people hate water. Everybody, yeah, that's the premise of so many of those water flavor ads, which I guess is the only premise you can have when you, when your whole business is flavoring yeah, water. Exactly. Is it like you make water? Water the enemy. sucks. Yeah, exactly. All right, we have a Kia commercial here from way back in 2014. It's the 10th anniversary of this commercial. Close to, yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's not 2044 <laughs> yet, is it? 
This is the ad I mentioned at the top of the show. It's um, the ninth anniversary of this commercial. <laughs> about uh, the Matrix. Um, oh. We have a couple kind of a up, a well-heeled, middle-aged, uh, you know, very fancily dressed uh, mm. white couple. They are walking up to the valet outside of what looks like either a fancy hotel or mm-hmm. a restaurant or something, and they're trying to get their car from the valet. But the valet is Lawrence Fishburne in his um, Matrix getup. Oh, okay. Do I need to know what his role in the Matrix is to get this? I mean, it helps. Do you he really not like, know anything about the Matrix? Let me try. Okay, yeah. Tell me the story so of the Matrix. So you have the guy from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. And he wakes up in a in like a coffin-like tube. Well, that is sort of true. Uh, um, and it misses a lot. Okay. That's not where it begins? No. And he kind of realizes, oh, there are different realities, and he has to choose between different pills. Let me just No, no, I've got this. I've got Mm, it. He's got to choose his reality based on which pill he takes, and it's Lawrence Fishburne, who's basically his boss slash daddy figure, who gives him the pills. Yeah, that's- I'll bet you I got a lot right there. Roughly true. You got a lot out of order, I would say, but yeah, okay. You Mm. you got a passing grade. Thank you. That's like a C minus, though. Let me tell you why you're here. It is the world of luxury that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. We just want to get our car. Take the blue key, you go back to the luxury you know. You take the red key, and you'll never look at luxury the same again. They take the red key. And a Kia pulls up. They get in. Ooh, I love me a Kia. Fishburne's in the back seat as they're this driving. This is unreal. No, it's very real. Ooh, actually, he was only sort of this in the back seat. You notice he wasn't in yes. the back seat, but then he was in and the he back seat. He appears in the back seat. Wow. This is what luxury looks like. This is what it feels like. This is what it sounds like. He just put a little tuner in his pocket. <laughs> Now, as he's singing this uh, opera song. Yeah, so this is not And by the way, I know that has a, probably a more proper name than... Opera quote, song? opera song. One of the Sailor Men is singing an opera song. Um, that <laughs> is, I mean, for the people who are listening, that's not just music overdub. That is Lawrence Fishburne. He takes out one of those tuners, a pitch pipe, a pitch pipe blows it, and then he starts singing this himself in the back seat of this Kia. By the way, this is back when Kia still had a cool logo. I know. And now all around them, Matrix-like uh, illusions or, or mm. effects start to happen. Spoons are melting. Cars are flying up around them. Um, they, you see two like agents put, you know, look look over at them with the glasses and everything. As they drive through the city, they're kind of wreaking this weird alternative rea- or alternate reality around them. Is this like a scene in the movie? Does he it, ever? It's sing? all evoking scenes uh. from the movie. Yeah. It's not a specific scene that it's parodying. It says, challenge the luxury you know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Kia um, has, like, I love Kias. I, I rented one for a road trip I took uh, last summer, and I talked about it a lot probably on this show, definitely on TBTL. I really liked the Kia vibe. I hadn't really thought about Kias before, but it makes sense that if they're trying to sell a Kia as a luxury 
automobile. I don't think of Kia. I think of no. Kia as affordable. affordable. Yeah. yeah, same, same. And I, do you think that's good? Is that almost a almost a xenophobic reaction because because it's a, because it's Korean? I don't know. I wasn't sure. Is it just like they have a reputation for no, making like, cheap cars that then they tried to enter this new luxury? Yeah, no, space? I, I think it's the latter. I don't mm. think it's um, xenophobia. They originally marketed themselves as an affordable, you know, alternative to a Toyota or Honda or something like that. You know, I wasn't accusing amid- you of being xenophobic. I was just checking myself on that because I wasn't really sure. I don't really know cars that well, and I wasn't sure if I was falling trap to the like all the good luxury cars are Europe American or European. Or, or European, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean the the role of racism in in the automobile industry and like reputational issues, I think, is an interesting doctoral thesis. Um, I don't think in this case that it that holds water just because I think the way Kia marketed itself for so long was about sort of dependability, affordability, like a very middle class ethos and and like uh, oh they the hamsters. the hamsters that's right, right? that doesn't like the hamsters don't hamsters evoke don't luxury. say luxury no, you know they don't, hamsters no. just don't say luxury so um, I think this is an interesting pivot for them and obviously this is now you know a decade ago I don't know how well well nine years that's not exaggeration <laughs> how well it it paid off but I think it's a really fun fun approach yeah and of course the matrix was more timely and now i don't have to watch time. the matrix yeah, that's the cool it. thing now i get it you told you you nailed the story and uh now you've seen it yeah huh the pretty matrix, good the first matrix is very enjoyable i remember disliking it but it's because You're i watched it with I, it was during the height like the absolute pinnacle of my movie snobbery and also i was watching it with a friend who i loved dearly but also talked about this movie like i mean he basically he was kind of a he was a hey, tell fl- me who it is and then beep it out he was a you would know him you never met him he was oh. from college but he was a philosophy major he was one of my closest friends we loved talking about philosophy and stuff but then he got into this movie and it became almost like his religion and i was kind of like so many dudes like that this is your philosophy totally you kind of ruined that movie for a while i think yeah that's true. um really sweet guy his name was scott love him to death but um he just talked about this movie so much and then i I finally watched it with him. I was just like, you gotta be bleeping me. Really? It just seems so basic. But I don't remember it. I mean, I was literally in college. I, so it's, that was what, maybe the year 2000? It's yeah. 2024. Like, the I, idea it's that... 2023. Why do I keep thinking it's 2024? Can't wait for the election. I guess. Um, I think that you may be right that like the core premise of the Matrix that we are living in a simulated reality um for nefarious reasons is not something that uh is it the Wachowskis? I don't remember how to say their name. The director. Oh, the people who made the movie. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. Uh, the siblings that made it. Um Winklevoss. I think. The Winklevoss twins made it. <laughs> um I don't think they I mean I don't think they I know they didn't invent that premise or that concept. They weren't the first filmmakers to uh, explore it. But I think the Matrix was an innovative both sort of it was an innovative story way of talking about that story, that premise. And visually it was really, it changed how it changed how like Mm -hmm. combat scenes and stuff are, are shown on film. Oh yeah. The floating kick, Um, the floating kick famously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Between that and the Bourne movies, like they really changed on screen combat. I don't think I saw the Bourne movies either. Oh, you're really missing out on that one. The Mm -hmm. first one is, pretty great i've seen a scene and we don't have to talk about this i i've seen like a scene that i can picture where he's like he's it's like jason Bourne, 
Matt Damon. Yep. Uh, is just want to prove to people that I could do that. And not Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> not who's Leo. who you think that is often. And he is just going to town on somebody in an apartment. That sounds gross. I mean, beating them up. <laughs> he's got a woman with him, and he's fighting somebody. Yeah, that and fight scene is pretty very, yeah, very violent in your face sort of fight. Scene. Yeah, and that's that's really the scene I'm thinking of that really kind of changed, um, you know, like you know, screen combat. Mm-hmm. I got to start a movie podcast. Okay. Uh, what is the next commercial? Yeah. Can you imagine? Um, you know, it's got that guy. <laughs> it's got the guy who's in the other thing. <laughs> um, okay. This next one is bananas. Um, it's for Snapchat. And we, it's like, it's very, very trippy and very like um, Snapchat will take you into another world. We start with a woman um, who's kind of kind of cool looking, and by that I mean she's she's young um, and she's uh, I don't want to say not beautiful, but she's like not she's not some conventionally just knockout conventionally beautiful woman. She's she's interesting looking. She's uh, she's kind of got like shoulder length red hair. Uh, she's sitting on a subway. Very freckly, very cute, very, very cute. my type. Yeah, yeah, your type, but like you know, a little bit um, unconventional pick for like a you know a, a mm-hmm. spokesmodel or a, a, a someone in a commercial. Um, so she's she's sitting in the corner of a subway car as it's rattling along, and she's on her phone and then presumably on Snapchat. And then, at, and I'm sorry, so much of this is visual, but go check it out. It'll be the the link will be in your. Uh, show notes and on the Facebook group page um, we go into her eye which has an iris that's shaped like the Snapchat mm. which always looks like a ghost logo. to me okay, is it yeah. a ghost I don't know whatever the logo mm-hmm. is representing and now we're in her brain and we're in this like alternate world that's her brain and things get very trippy very quickly is it because of the um, the jeez, uh, I'm so bad at talking about the stuff you and I are not with it. We used to be with it, but then they stopped telling us what it was. Um, I would never the claim filters, that I was ever with because it. of the filters, right? This is sort yeah. of advertising the fact that you, it's almost that augmented reality yes, filter. Precisely. Yes, precisely. Good, okay. good call. Yeah. We're on the train. Our eyes can only see so much, but what if they could see more? What if you could see the world in a more interesting way? You could finally work with horses. You love horses. So this is very, very trippy. We see newscasters blah blah blahing, but then they sort of turn into their, like their faces to, kind of melt a little bit. They melt and then um, and almost become elephant-like, and then she's in some sort of a workroom cafeteria, uh, like a work cafeteria like a area room. or something, a break room, and then um, her coworkers turn into horse heads. Rather <laughs> than using your mind's eye. You could see things with your eyes, mind. Whoa, man. Things like, I don't know, a virtual wardrobe. Oh, I like the yellow. You could make imaginary friends real. Or see your real friends in a more imaginary way. I remember this commercial. Yeah. Every, a lot of people are turned into dog faces. Yeah, with the, with the filters. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not the whole world. Oh, right, right. Okay. And weirdly enough, that helps us all see ourselves and each other. 
just a little more. It's really creepy feeling. at the end. We see she and looks up at all the people. There's a little tiny tag on oh, the I'm end, sorry, just real did quick, I, because did I start it, talking I, too quickly. I went. I I kept going back to figure out what they were saying, and I'll tell you what she says. So at the very end of the commercial, we're back on the subway, but all the people around her have sort of like weird faces, like they all have some sort of a creepy, like the kind big of eyes filter. and yeah. the big and the big stretched out mouth. Very disconcerting, and they're all kind of looking at her. It's upsetting, sort of. And each other, just a little more clearly. The floor is beans. Oh, the floor is beans. The floor is beans. And we look down on the floor of the subway car and it's baked beans. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I almost didn't notice that they're ankle deep in baked beans. Yeah, and something about the floor is beans just feels like so of the moment. That's a good drop for the beginning of the show, too. (laughs) Floor is beans. The floor is beans. I like that. I do, too. And I think it was, I think it, it really captures something that's hard to capture about that experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it. It feels, I feel very, it makes me feel old, but that's okay. Do you think it plays into this idea that we're all looking for escapism over the past like six <laughs> years or so? You really want to write this paper, don't you? <laughs> Just write it. Just write it. You know I don't know how to write. <laughs> all right. Um, I was thinking about, as I was sort of, you know, doing the research for this and and looking for this one had a little bit of a hard SEO because the it's not like there's nobody's doing like a list of like the top ten alternate reality mm-hmm. commercials out yeah. there. There's sort of you sort of have to find them where they are. This one came up when I was thinking about like multiverses and and other universes and other dimensions. This is for DraftKings, the uh, fantasy betting site, I guess, or sports betting site. Mm-hmm. Well, DraftKings is, yeah, they're, they're a betting site. They're yeah. like a sports book, okay. yeah. Um, this, I'm not sure exactly what they're selling here. Some kind of um, uh, uh, NF- NFT thing oh, that you're buying. Like, I can't, like, that part is so incredibly opaque to me that I don't really care. But the fun premise here is that Kevin Hart comedian of course oh yeah that's right he's been doing all these yeah. he's a big DraftKings uh spokesperson and he has drafted into his sort of all you know uh virtual space these three well-known basketball players and now he's sort of a giant Kevin Hart head in a big black void has these three little players in front of him and he's kind of berating them and telling them that they have to play for him and do what he says Lamar, Zeke, what? Stefan, you've all been summoned to the Kevin verse. <laughs> almost like, um, almost Wizard of Ozzy, sort right, of. Right, a big like floating head. Like his big head. floating head on a black background. So he just sort of like, he's just sort of coming from nowhere. They're in a, like you said, a liminal space. To the Kevin verse. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You're here because you're on my DraftKings Rainmaker's fantasy team. I like him better when he was tiny. Lamar. Keep talking, and I'll put you on a tiny bench. I've collected your digital player cards, and you're going to help me build my NFT fantasy franchise so I can start crushing the competition. I need you all at 100%. Zeke, you're going to catch a cold in that crop top. Maybe you should consider putting your belly button away. Mm. Hey, Lamar, you getting enough sleep? i seen you posting pictures in the club. You're stalking me? Diggs, you got to keep your hands moist so they stay soft. Nice and moist. Please. Stop saying moist. We're done here, man. Well, go ahead. They There's try to. The they walk out the door. 
and immediately walk <laughs> back in the door mm-hmm. on the other side of the Build space. Build a roster by opening packs and joining drops and win a share of over $1 million. In I miss a lot of the jo- Like, I do know that Lamar Jackson has a reputation for clubbing a lot and yeah. stuff. He caught COVID like three times Damn. during the COVID thing. Yeah, so like, I got that one, but then I didn't get the other jokes. Like, I don't well, know. Well, one of them's literally just wearing a crop top and yeah, his belly that button must be his. Out. That must be his yeah. look. And I didn't get the thing about the lotion. I'm not sure if the other guy uses a lot of lotion or doesn't use lotion <laughs> or famously, but... Um, it's just funny to watch those things because I enjoy that commercial, but I also know that I'm only enjoying it at a superficial level because there's more going on there that I don't even get. Well, it's very germane to this show more broadly because when we get to my Vives takeover, it is the central joke in these Hotels.com commercials is that one character understands a lot about basketball and one character does not understand anything about basketball. <laughs> Um, but before we get that, get to that, let's just talk about this one more that was very like sort of literal about the multiverse. It doesn't really take, it's a little bit of a cheat. It doesn't really take place anywhere in a different multiverse, but it's for this product called Citrix Systems. And you've got this guy uh, who is working on, I think he's like, either he's working on Citrix Systems or he's using it, I forget. Um, but that's his technology is working so well that it's giving him a lot of time to dwell on the concept that he might exist somewhere else Mm. in a multiverse. The multiverse. Rakesh from IT is worried about the multiverse. Why is he worried about the multiverse? Because he's implemented Citrix at work. So he no longer has to worry about enabling work that is both hybrid and secure. With less to worry about at work, he can worry about other things. Like, will his alternate self in the multiverse try to steal his girlfriend? love these commercials for shit that I just don't get. <laughs> it's both hi- it's both hybrid and secure. Yeah, it's hybrid and secure. It's hi- Well, I guess I know what secure means. Do you know what hybrid means? I mean, I In know what context. the word means, yeah. but I don't know what it means to have a system that is hybrid and secure. It's hybrid and secure, Andrew. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, that's pretty good. I don't know what to say about that. What do you want me? What do you want me to say? <laughs> I, I kind of like the performance. He's he spends a lot of time in that ad. The the character that we're hearing described, looking in the mirror and like reaching out to like touch his mirror mm-hmm. self, like a little uncertainly. I just thought it was a fun performance. Yeah. Now, do you want to? You've already taken over the show. Do you want to take it over? I want to take it over even further. A cat is not subordinate to a dog. That is extremely rude to cats. We met five minutes ago. Now we're married. You know what people like about gum? History. If it gets completely fucked up, so what? All right, let's talk about Hotels.com. I know I have... um, Definitely hyped this a lot, but they're so good. I did see this one in the wild. I think I was somewhere. I think we were maybe at Teddy's watching a ball game, and I saw two of my favorite performers, but I couldn't hear it because the sound wasn't up. And so I made a note to go look at it later, and it really lived up to to my hopes. So this first one, so in in the premise here is the 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 brand is calling them the hotel guys, but you have two uh, workers at this at these at some hotel. It's sort of um, because hotels.com is like a broad brand where you, or, you know, like where you, you book hotels at different places, right? Like a speedy or Travelocity, one of those. Um, 
you have these two workers who are behind the de- front desk at a hotel and they're just kind of kibitzing. It kind of brings to mind the uh, Key and Peel, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's my shit, guys, mm-hmm. you know, Liam Neeson's. Yeah. Um, so you have these two men, but but what they're always talking about is Ike Barinholtz's character is always talking about basketball and Sam Richardson's character is always incredibly mystified uh, and uncertain what he means about what That's he's talking interesting. about. So the character trait of liking basketball, even though this commercial has nothing to right. do with basketball at all, but that carries through. I thought there was just maybe one. No, they're ad all where they're all about them, uh, basketball, but they're not. It's not like it doesn't seem to be co-branded with the NBA or that's anything. That's so interesting. It's just the 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 banter between two co-workers and friends, one of whom knows a lot about something, the other one is trying to hang. Yeah, and really can't really doesn't understand anything about what he's talking about. And obviously about. it's my beloved Sam Richardson Who's who has no idea so what's good. going on. He is he plays a dork there's, so well. Yeah, there's like a there's a little bit of Richard's of of Splet mm-hmm. in here, Richard Splet. Um You can find him at Splet not <laughs> Splet.net.net, I believe. <laughs> That's right. So in this first one that we're going to look at, um Ike Barinholtz is kind of excitedly telling Sam Richardson that um Anthony Dave AD as he calls him or Anthony Davis um who is known I just learned this today in in the NBA as the brow I guess he has like a a prominent brow I didn't know that but I didn't know that he goes by AD a yeah. lot you'll hear people just drop that yeah. so I don't it, know anything about basketball I just right. hear that around we're both the Sam Richardson in yes, this story exactly. um so he tells him that uh, AD stayed at the hotel, and Sam Richardson's first thought is that he's talking about Ani DeFranco, <laughs> which is a joke that is very close to my heart because uh, I was a I was a big and I still am a big Ani DeFranco fan in high school, mm-hmm. and I definitely am someone who would have the first AD I would have thought of would also probably have been Ani DeFranco. Exactly, and and it's just it's kind of against stereotype as well. Right. Here you have Sam Richardson. He's probably what is he in his thirties? Is a black man in his thirties? Yeah. And he hears AD, and the first thing he thinks I of love is it. Ani DeFranco. So I awesome. love it. Enjoy. Did I tell you AD stayed here last week? Ani DeFranco stayed here? No, Anthony Davis. The brow? Oh. Do you know why? The sheets. Ooh, the 8,000 thread count Pima cotton. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, AD needs his beauty sleep, right? He's like, mm-hmm. and he wakes up and just drops 50. It's just like, boom, for 300. Too much. Too many points. But look, this right here, <laughs> this is AD's perfect somewhere. Oh. And Annie DeFranco's too. Oh, my God. Oh, no, look, there it is, official travel partner of the NBA. That's oh, why. okay, that explains that it. That explains, that explains it. it. Oh, Sam Richardson. I mean, they're both great, but I just, I'm Sam Richardson, I just, Three's I hundred. Oh, too many. Too many points. Too many too points. Too many points. Uh, what's this next one? Do they all need set up, or are they kind of self They're always behind the desk, Yeah, right? so yeah. they're always standing behind the desk. Um, this one, they're just looking at these two kind of... Um, the kind of abstract paintings that you would see in an upscale hotel just behind the desk and they're talking they're just this one might not have that much to do with basketball the rest of them do um but they're just talking about what these paint oh no i think maybe one of the paintings uh is interpreted as having a basketball uh relevance it's textural but ethereal almost like a misty forest oh no no that's the 1992 western conference final Mm. wait 91 how about this one this one is my favorite. This is this one's just three squares. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's just a um, it's very uh, it's art that doesn't represent anything literal, basically. Right. It's just it's just pretty it's just colors abstract. and shapes. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much of this was 
winding these two up, these two very funny people up yeah. to, to do stuff. Um, okay, so let's keep going because we're going to do all of these, by yeah. the way. I like, I went totally, uh, I was like, I'm going to get all of them. I should explain one, that that one was very quick, um, but the, one of the jokes was when he says this was like the 94 playoffs or whatever, then the camera just focuses on some random part of this abstract painting that's just like a little <laughs> yeah. swath of color, and then he says, oh, oh, 91. Mm-hmm. That is a nice little visual joke there. Yeah, very good. Uh, this one they're talking about, uh, they're watching basketball on a tablet at the at the counter there at the desk. And uh, Ike Barinholtz is talking about uh, how the traveling rules are are bullshit or whatever. Um, but of course, Sam, his context for travel rules is more about traveling, <laughs> like like for vacation. Oh, look at that. It's like there's no rules for traveling anymore. Oh, I have a ton of rules for traveling. Always request a late checkout. Oh. Front desk. We can give you a late checkout. Absolutely. That is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Ask them if they're still um uh hotel housekeeping service. This is becoming a very big thing. Have we talked about this? I know that it's um a, it's a real headline issue for your other show. Yes, basically hotels and these giant chains are trying to make it sound like it's for customer safety and you know, in this post-COVID they don't world have the staff. or whatever. It's quite, it's quite straightforward. It's because they're not paying. It's because they're saving tons of money by yeah. making the new normal that we don't clean the rooms, yeah. which is bad. I mean, that's what I was going off on on the show today. I mean, we're supposed to be... I mean, these are the companies. These are the just unbelievably rich companies, yeah. these conglomerates that own thousands and thousands of hotels and hotel chains underneath their umbrella. They're the ones who are supposed to be creating jobs, right? Right. Um you cannot clean my room, but I want to be charged less. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's why I go to Airbnb. Like, fine, no expectation that you're gonna. I'm gonna. You want to bet? Airbnb is getting. That's the other big headline. Is Airbnb owners are getting so ridiculous in their demands. Yeah. They're just like, oh well, you need to strip all of the sheets and you need to scrub the tiles and you need to like. I believe in being respectful, but that's the other kind of trend in our culture now. It's like yeah. everybody's mad. Well, that's. That's the trend. That's probably Sorry, the top I'm really headline. Ti- I'm yeah. really tired, and I just stopped talking. Everyone's there. mad. Every- but I was just like, just, I guess to sum it up, everyone's mad. <laughs> but I mean, like for me, I used to be the type of person who's like, I don't like Airbnbs because I don't want to deal with that stuff. I'll go to the generic hotel chain, yeah. which doesn't have a lot of personality. But I love the the standardized housekeeping, the magical feeling of leaving your room and having it come back, and it's like the same as when you first walked in twenty four hours earlier. But now it's like everything's shitty. I guess everything's <laughs> like, shitty. Like. Yep. I don't want to do an Airbnb and the hotels are acting like they're Airbnbs now because everything's changed, but not for the better. Okay. Thanks, Andy Rooney, I guess. Um, all right. In here's my an- day. Here's another one. Um, so in this one, they're talking about free throws and we open with Sam. I think Sam Richardson saying that free throw uh, is a misnomer. It should be called a something else. See, calling it a free throw makes no sense. You don't throw it. You shoot it. I call it a free shot. Do I throw throw pillows? You better not. I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. I have, but I don't want any more. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. One more. And this one I think is more of a, these, those three we just talked about were, um, were real quickies. I think 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit longer. I think it's a half. Uh, I'd watch a whole show of these two. I'd watch a movie. I love both of them and I will watch anything that either of them are in. Um, in this one, they're talking about um, basketball courts uh, broadly. Do me a favor. Pretend like you're giving a beach ball a big hug. All right. 
Jordan Poole from downtown. Woo! Boom. Why not uptown, though? You know, uptown has three Bs. Bistros, boutiques, and bike lanes. Uh, it's downtown and basketball. Okay, you go. Okay. Very famous basketball player from uptown. He misses okay. entirely. You've seen a basketball court before? I think so. It's a brown one, right? With the with, oh, you know, I need that note. <laughs> <laughs> so when he said make like you're hugging a beach ball, he made a ring with his arms. So but he really things. does make like he's hugging a beach ball, where he like gives it a loving squeeze, like an invisible beach ball, a loving squeeze. But they're making hoops for themselves. Uh, but I love that his through. friend that knows so him good. so well that instead of saying make a basket, he says make like you're hugging <laughs> yeah, a beach ball because yeah, he point. knows that will because he immediately does that. Yeah, good point. Um, I made a little paper football at our lunch the other you day did, yeah. out of my was it my straw wrapper or my chopsticks wrapper or something along the something lines like of that. that yeah. yeah, boy, we used to love those paper footballs, little triangles that you would make, and then you'd kick your your friend would make goalposts with yeah. their fingers, kick it right through with your hand. Well, anyway, um, I wasn't done. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I think that this Hotels.com campaign is fantastic. Obviously, it's very tied into the uh, NBA, and so it's possible, even likely, that the campaign will end when the you know when the whatever that campaign, whatever that like partnership does mm-hmm. or whatever. But I really hope that they splash out and keep these guys on if they can for uh, for for their as oh, their spokespeople. So good. They're and so compare good. Compare this to those doofuses in the car who are buying Rally's burgers or whatever. Like those guys that <laughs> is, campaign is that Sonic? Sonic that campaign ran forever. And I know that like both And they did those, a million those of guys them. individually are beloved and respected improv actors, but like not one literally one of them also on Veep like Sam Richardson. That's right. Yeah. Literally not one of those ever made me laugh. It was just like so obnoxious and so stupid and just like so desperate and these are just so funny these are so good we we differ a little bit on those sonic ads i i'm not gonna defend them to you but i will say i didn't have zero laughs from Mm. the whole campaign there were so many i actively disliked both people well like the characters i didn't have that issue with it but i I mean definitely none of them were ever as funny as as any of these and the the chemistry with with these two actors is so great and i mean really like you said i'd watch a show with the two of them i had never seen the two of them perform together and i just think like put these guys in a sitcom yeah put these characters in a sitcom yeah sure um or or something similar but just the actor's chemistry is fantastic i actually would like to see a movie not a sitcom because after a while you'd have to create too much backstory and i know that sounds (laughs) almost like counterintuitive but a movie like a short funny movie where there's not too much like the beauty of this is you're not you're not digging exactly you're not digging too much you don't have to like year or season after season like kind of create a full life for these two guys because the full life is not funny although the standing behind the desk is funny the standing behind the desk is funny and it does put me in the mind of like a party down the reason party down was so successful to me was that yes you have the ongoing melodrama between the the characters but what's great about it is that it's so episodic right like this is taylor so-and-so's uh sweet 16 Mm -hmm. this is you know the avn adult film awards Mm -hmm. this is the you know community theater um like debut of their their play like you put them in a different context you get great you can have great um you know uh, guest stars because it's only one episode um it almost it's not a procedural but it like functions more like that where it's like you you put them in you put these 
beloved characters who are very funnily written and very talented comedic actors and you just stick them in a hilarious situation uh, what's better than that than a hotel right like it's love boat i mean except good are the avian adult awards where you learn about the birds and the bees did I say Avian Adult Awards? I thought. Well, I did you say I a- Avian? I know I was trying to make a joke. Adult vid. I think like um, the actual uh, porn awards are the Avians. You know, you just brought up something that I'm realizing kind of for the first time. You know, we we have workplace TV shows, right? I mean, even Cheers is kind of like a workplace yeah. TV show. Obviously, The Office or whatever. But the weakness of those shows would be when less and less of the show takes place in the office, right? Yeah. Like you, The office being a prime example. Y- you know, they're going on road trips or doing this or yeah. doing that, and they're kind of... You're, I don't think you ever see the inside of anybody's, like, living space, I don't think, in the office. Sure do you? you do. Do you? Yeah. You see where the main characters live and Absolutely. stuff? Absolutely. Do you know? I mean, okay. there is a really funny episode where Jim and Pam go to Michael and Jan's home for dinner, mm. and she's making an asobuco that takes, like, 14 hours to finish... Like, they get there and the food is not even cooked. So they're stuck in this incredibly unpleasant and awkward. And unending. And unending scenario. But I was going to say the party. And you see Jim's apartment. No, party down Mm -hmm. while their workplace changes from week to week because they are catering a different event. Yeah. Boy, that show, and I haven't seen any of the new episodes, but, like, did we see a full two seasons or three seasons? I don't remember what we're on now, three or four. But, um... That show really stayed true it was to everything, everything, incredibly, everything incredible takes fidelity place on the job. To the premise, yeah. Like, you can get information and backstory about the characters that you, but it's all through yes. the lens of the job. You never see where any of them live. You never nope. see them on a trip to the grocery store or anything. It's always them showing up at work them and then showing the drama is where unfolds it at work. That is really key. Yeah. yeah. And I think you could do a similar thing with the, um, the hotel guys. And I'm going to. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind Okay, I got a few things here from the Ad Council. Yeah, so we're still on aunt versus aunt. Uh, one more one more uh, aunt for the road here. Uh, Anne wrote in to say, I love that you heard from a New Englander regarding this uh, pronunciation. Uh, all my life, I've used the aunt pronunciation, as has every local I've ever met, as we'll assume that Anne is from uh, New England. Um, Anne's in New Hampshire, I believe. Oh, okay. I apologize. I should have known that, Anne. Um, she says, the oddity came when I met my husband and subsequently his family more than 30 years ago. I don't know how they formulated this one, but they pronounce aunt as aren't. To make it more interesting, auntie is pronounced Arnie. My nieces and nephews call me auntie, the New England pronunciation. But if they ever say Arnie, I will let them know that Arnie is an old guy who goes bowling on Tuesday nights, probably candle pin, and drinks nat- natty light. That is not who I am. Wow. That's who I so aim to be watch yes well you're aiming for to be an arnie but she's aiming to be an auntie okay and watch out nieces and nephews get it don't get it twisted yeah huh yeah no i want to be that arnie <laughs> it sounds like a pretty good life it does except for the candle pin um yep. true this one i mentioned there was an april fool's um ad that i thought was pretty good mm-hmm. um this is from bill um he got this email on april 1st from mountain equipment company apparently that's like the Canada's REI. Equivalent. Oh, their logo even sort of looks like REI. Yeah, huh? it's, it's pretty recognizable as like that kind of outdoorsy brand. 
Um, Bill says, this came in too early on Saturday for me to notice what the date was. Mm. Totally got taken. April 1st. It was April 1st. He adds, I'm not saying I went to the site to buy these, but I'm not not saying that (laughs) either. Um, So this is a pretty funny premise, and it is just... It is pitch perfect for the kinds of things that these brands sell. It's for, you know, I have a pair of these pants, actually, where you zip off the knees. Mm-hmm, your breakaway pants. My breakaway pants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, are they the most stylish and flattering garment that I own? No, they're not. But sometimes when I'm out camping, it is nice to have the option to, like, take off the, the bottom part or put it on and, and have that kind of, like, dual uh, dual use to them, right? So this takes that premise or that concept and uh, takes it to its absurd yet logical conclusion where every single part of the pant can basically be zipped off. Nature is unpredictable, and you need clothing that can keep up. That's why we designed the all-new zipline from MEC. With 10 zippers and 32 potential configurations, <laughs> these convertible pants will have you ready for anything. Ooh, now they're short shorts. And yeah, they're like the true potential of your flexibility. Escape the bloodlust of nearly any ravenous woodland creature and comfortably cross bodies of water with the fluidity of a salamander. Advanced users can try our patented Dingle Dangle system to conveniently carry detached layers. Throw your modesty to the wind and go completely zipless to unlock ultimate vitamin D absorption. <laughs> so zip off for spring and slide into the zip line from MEC, our boldest bottoms yet. That guy uh, scratches his buttocks. Yeah. Very, Honestly, uh, except for a couple lines like the dingle dangle, running away from ravenous creatures. Mm-hmm. I actually think that they had to make it a little bit more um, silly in the copy because... You could actually fool people with that mm-hmm. if you had made the copy a little less ridiculous. Head council, it's jingle time. Hey, Jeff and and Andrew. It's your buddy Max in Brooklyn. I am listening to uh, this week's episode, and you are about to play the Sleepies ad, but before I listened to it, it just brought a flood of memories. So here's me singing that jingle before I hear it on your show. I already forgot the Sleepies ad. <laughs> it's a lady on a bed that's uh, shot at a weird angle. And, oh, and it's, yes, yes. It's about the mat. The guy was the the listener was saying that mattress firm bought up this local mattress yes. store and like totally made it generic and 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 they like the original local jingle um and then you were kind of fascinated by how weirdly it was shot okay gotcha now i remember trust sleepies for the rest of your life thank you for the show love you guys (laughs) i love that was it right nailed it right yes totally nailed it perfectly and i thank you for the um the clarification that you are not repeating something that you heard mm-hmm. you are singing it before we played it mm-hmm. a little uh, little look at me louie but i get it here <laughs> no questions Trust me, for the rest of your life what can't max do max is like an <laughs> illustrator he's an actor he's got a good singing voice come on max yeah leave, leave some for the rest exactly. of us like jeez louise you can sell anything you can sell anything. 
All right, I guess we should get out of here. Do you want me to do the ending since you did literally everything else today? <laughs> sure, you can, why, uh, why not? You can join the Facebook group if you want to have conversations about the ads we talked about today or if you see an ad that you want to share with others. Just look for After These Messages Podcast on Facebook. Do the same thing on YouTube, After These Messages Podcast on YouTube, and you will find a whole bunch of commercials that we've been finding on VHS tapes and uploading from the 90s. You can get your 90s fix there. Uh, I'll be back with more of those on next week's podcast. Podcast, by the way, you can email us any observations you have, unless they're critical of me, after these messages show at gmail.com. And please call our voicemail line like Max did 607 444 5597. I'm going to say that again because I really want to encourage you to just pick, you don't even have to have a fully thought out thought. Clearly, I never do when I open my mouth. Don't let that stop you. <laughs> yeah, just call us up just and blather. Just call, blather. We'll find a way to use it. We're lonely people. 607-444-5597. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. again, back again with the caravan of Manchester from Pakistan. Karachi, Posse, Zaki's Poppy.